Some of y'all might be too cold, but Amen. kill the germs in this place. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read um, five verses. You can just please be seated. Please be seated, okay? Yes, I'm going to let you sit this time. This time. Okay. Are you there? Yes. But you can read with me. All right, so Luke 11, verse 9 through 13. You get there, say, I got it. I got it. All right, let's read together. Ready, read. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives. Verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I solicit your prayers. Today I want to talk on the subject, the perfect gift. The perfect gift. The perfect gift. During this time of year, everybody's scrambling around, shopping. Yes, sir. Maybe nobody is. Shopping all the time. Trying to find the perfect gifts for the special people in their lives. Am I right about it? Anybody yes, been sir. scouring around the stores and the malls and online? Online. That's, that's my kind of girl. I get it. Online. Online shopping. But even when you're online, you're searching everywhere online. Yes, Because normally it doesn't come up in your first recommendation of what you're looking for. You're, you, especially if you're trying to find not just any gift, but the perfect gift. Somebody say the perfect gift. My prayer is uh, with you, because I've been out there with my wife. Uh, not, we, I've been Christmas shopping with her, but I've been out there decoration and all that kind of stuff shopping. And, uh, you know, it gets kind of crazy out there, chaotic. And, um, and so my hope is all of y'all are staying holly and jolly, uh, merry and gay. In the good sense, Mary and Gay, they made me happy. Amen. Uh, I told the prayer one Wednesday morning, my wife and I, we're Holly and Jolly. She's Holly and I'm Jolly. So you want to stay happy because it's easy to get frustrated. Now, if you're just trying to find any gift to put in a box and put under a tree or give somebody, store in a bag, you all just, just I, matter of fact, we were in a TJ Maxx the other night. And there's a lady in front of us, and uh, she she had had she was had a, a toy, and I wanted this kind of an older lady. Uh, I shouldn't say older, grown, just a little older than us maybe. And she had, had a toy in her hand, just one toy. I'm like, you shopping this whole TV Max bottle? You know, the one one toy. And so she gets to the register, and I overhear her telling the, the cashier, she said, "Oh, I didn't get this toy because this, I'm going to a tournament or something tomorrow, and you need a toy to get in." And I was like, "Okay." So she said, "I just grab anything." Right, right, right. See, if you're looking for anything that doesn't mean anything to you and it's not special, 
no one special. They usually grab anything. But when you love somebody and care for them, they lose them and for you. You're, you spend a little extra time. Help me out here. Extra time searching. Extra time shopping. You, you set up parameters and filters even on your online shopping because you're trying to find the perfect gift for someone. At the same time, I'll catch the young folks on this one. You're also expecting to receive some gifts. Yes, sir. Really, all young folks. That's good. Your parents off the hook. Young folks, young folks are saying that. How many all young folks expect to receive some gifts? How many all grown folks expect to receive some gifts? Yes, sir. Young folks ain't saying anything. They just, we're good. You lie. Some gifts. You'll open and mentally mark them return. I saw a head nod back there. Look. Some gifts you'll open and mentally mark them goodwill. Some gifts you'll open and mentally mark them regift. Well, come on, tell the truth. You ever regifted anything? I know y'all being quiet here. This ain't goodwill. This, this is a regift. I can pass this along. I'm blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> but then there are other gifts you'll open them and say, now that's a good gift. Or even that's the perfect gift. And usually the perfect gift comes from those who know you best. Those who spend time with you. Those who are intimately uh, knowledgeable of you and they know sort of kind of what you like and what your color is and you know what, what your size is and they're not buying you inspirational clothing. They're buying you your size and your color and they know that they, they might have might have seen you shopping for that particular thing or heard you, overheard you talking about it at the dinner table and they found it. They went and found the very thing you were thinking about. They found the perfect gift. And it's not the perfect gift because of the expense of it. By expense, it doesn't mean it's the perfect gift. So get rid of that pressure. What makes it perfect is that it's so well suited for that person. And to find out what's suited for them, you have to spend time around them, care about them, love them, get to know them. Everybody say the perfect gift. Hallelujah. Nobody knows you better than Father God. I, I'm here to announce nobody knows you better than Father God. God knows exactly what you and I need to have a peaceful, to have a prosperous, and to have a blessed life in this world. He knows exactly what we need. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So no matter what you get under your tree or from your secret Santa or what have you, whatever your gift exchange is. Y'all do those gift exchanges at work and stuff like that? Because <laughs> usually that work is not a perfect gift because usually that work is just a gift card. 
Christmas. No real thought of this. I had to run up here and get something because I couldn't show up to the Christmas potluck with nothing. Come on. But the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift is where? From above. From above and comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So God knows how to give the perfect gift. Everybody say the perfect gift. The perfect gift. And I come to let you know this Christmas that God, Father God wants you and everyone in this room, everyone that's on my voice to have the perfect gift. Hallelujah. I want y'all to stay excited. Yes, sir. Around my house, this time of year, the resounding question is, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? That's the question you're going to hear more than what do you want for dinner. You're going to hear what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Why, why does that question uh, resound in our house? Why is, it, is that question always there? What do you want for Christmas? Because, because according to Scripture, Scripture backs us up. We know how to give good gifts. We know how to good, give good gifts. But there's the the anxiousness behind, did I give the perfect gift? You know how to give a good gift. You know how to find something. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's, that's quality. That's, they, they might like that. That's, but, but what you're hoping is, when that person opens that box or that bag, when they open whatever you, you place it in, that they're going to, oh, my God. I think the most perfect gift I've ever given my wife, I didn't spend any money. Oh my God, that was a perfect gift. <laughs> was that last year? Last year's Christmas gift you were Two years ago, two Christmas ago? Oh my God, I, I know. The most perfect gift I, I think I've ever given her yes. that made her <laughs> cry. I remember when I was crying. <laughs> made me cry a little bit. Like, oh. I didn't spend any money. Right. It was a thought. Yes. Because it's something I knew she wanted. And I wanted her to have it. How did I spend no money on it? That's none of your business. I learned over time how to give good gifts. I learned how to kind of up my game a little bit. You know, I used to be a cheapskate. I got a witness back there. Anybody else ever used to be a cheapskate? Anybody still a cheapskate? Nobody don't admit it. But I learned over time how to how to give good gifts. Like you know, ones that people kind of okay. I, I that gifts that people appreciate. I, you know, I hopefully I'm not giving any goodwill gifts or you know any return gifts or. You know, any, any uh, re-gifts, gifts. Hopefully what I give, people want to keep. But the perfect that takes some effort. That takes some thought. That takes studying the person. That takes seeing the person beyond Christmas into the future and knowing what they need for their lives. What a blessing for the rest of our lives. 
Hallelujah. So I know how to give good gifts. But if someone asks for something, that moves the gift into perfect gift status. Right, right. Yes, sir. Did you catch what I said? Yes, sir. We ask around the house, what do you want for your birthday? What do, you, what do you want for your anniversary? What do you want? What do you want for Mother's Day? What do you want for? We ask those kind of questions. What do you want? Oh, just surprise me. No, that's a tough question. I know I'm not good. I'm looking for something perfect. So it'd be easier on me. You just tell me what you want. Make sure you know 
that he knows that you know that he knows uh -huh. that, he knows. Uh -huh. that you know that you know that you know, that you know. Yes, right Donna that you're serious hallelujah when my wife and I when we were dating and um, and I wanted to marry her I only asked her one time but we had already been talking about it. So I already had an indication she was going to say yes. If not, I would not have gone and bought a ring. I wasn't, I wasn't gambling on a ring. I knew already it was going to be a yes. So I came to her with my yes. I know you really want to marry me. So baby, you got the prize. Here you go, baby. So ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. The door shall be open to you. For everyone, verse 10, who asks and keep on asking, receives. And he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds, and him who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door shall be open. Now watch this next section here. Which is a, it's a continuation. What father among you? Now, earlier he talked about what you have to have a friend. Now he's talking about a father. This is now a close relationship. What father among you, if his son asks for a loaf of bread, will give him a stone? Or if, his, or if he, the son, asks for a fish, what father will instead of a fish give him the son of serpent? Well, no dads would do that, right? I said no dads would do that, right? Or if he asked for an egg, what father would give his son a scorpion? Verse 13. If you then, evil as you are, in other words, relative to God, comparison to God, if you then, evil as you are, I'm going to throw this word in, still know how to give good gifts, gifts that are to their advantage to your children. Right? So if your child asks you this, this season for uh, a Tonka truck, you don't, you don't give them um, dynamite. You don't give them something that's going to hurt them. You're going to give them something that's going to help them be to their, to their advantage. Right. Right. Right? Now that's you giving good gifts. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue asking? So notice we went from good gifts here to a gift that someone asked for. Now remember what I told you? If I ask for the gift, I'm telling you the perfect gift that I want. So we're moving from just a good gift to a perfect gift. So if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So all of a sudden now we see that the Holy Spirit, now I don't know what church you're from, but we grew up on Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, the same person. King James, Holy Ghost, New King James, and the NIV and all that kind of stuff, modern it's Holy Spirit, but he's the Holy Ghost. So if I say Holy Ghost from time to time, don't, don't, don't think I'm talking about somebody different. The Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, the same person. 
Same person. Not, not thing, not, not it, person. He is a person. The third person of the Trinity. He is a person. I got it? You don't catch the Holy Ghost. You receive him. And you honor him as you honor the Father and as you honor Jesus. Y'all with me on this one? His name is Holy Spirit. You understand that? So how much more will Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him? So the perfect gift is the Holy Ghost. Did I just take all the afternoon? No. <laughs> so we all think about talking about money. I talked about money earlier. I'm not talking about cars and houses and land and jewelry. I'm talking this morning on the Holy Spirit. The perfect gift. Here are the questions I want you to ask yourself. Is the Holy Spirit worth asking for? Is the Holy Spirit worth asking for? Number two, how important is the Holy Spirit in the believer's life? How important is the Holy Spirit? Because we're trying to assess the perfect gift. People have all kinds of ideas, all kinds of ideas this Christmas season as to the, the perfect gift they want under their tree. That if my mama buys me this thing, it's going to be the perfect thing. If my boo buys me this, it's going to be the perfect gift for me this year. But I want to show you a gift more valuable, more important, more essential to us than any gift any person could ever give us. So how important is the Holy Spirit in the believer's life? Number three, what makes the Holy Spirit what makes the Holy Spirit the perfect gift? Now I want to describe this gift to you. The perfect gift. In John 14. You're in Luke. Go over to John 14. John 14. Is that right off our teacher here this morning? We believe God for some results today. John 14. Are you there? Yes, sir. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. How many of y'all love it? I love it. All right. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. Pray means ask. Pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. King James used the word comforter. Another helper. Another comforter. That word comforter comes from the Greek word parakletos. We say in the English paraclete. It means a, an advocate. It, it's an assistant, an intercessor. Yes, sir. It's very important. It's an advocate and uh, an assistant. It's uh, an intercessor. That's, that's what a helper or a comforter or as the, as the Greek word of parakletos, media y'all have that parakletos. Parakletos is, is the uh, advocate, the assistant, the intercessor. Hallelujah. We call him the alongside. The alongside of para, like a paraprofessional, paralegal. They come alongside to assist, to advocate, to help. 
Now, we see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I'm going to come back to John real quick, so don't lose John. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Romans 8, 26 through 27. And we see him, how he works. Y'all see it? Yes, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And so he does what? Helps. He helps. The Holy Spirit helps. How many of y'all can use some help in life? Yes. I'm talking about the perfect gift here. Hallelujah. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. So he's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's an assistant. He's an intercessor for us with groans which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So notice he's the perfect intercessor. I can ask you to pray for me, but you don't know the perfect prayer to pray for me. So when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit will help us and he will pray the perfect will of God. So what I need more than jewelry, what I need more than new shoes, what I need more than a tie, what I need more than a game, is someone on my side who knows how to intercede for me perfectly before the Father. I got to keep going. Now go back to John 14, please. John 14. I'm moving quickly. I'm moving quickly. John 14, verse 15. Hallelujah. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray to the Father. He will give you another helper. And he will, uh, that he may abide with you. Forever. Notice paraclete, he's going to be with, with you forever. Me. Notice it says here, verse 17, the, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will, will be in Will be what now? In you. I will not leave you orphan, orphans. I will I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So notice the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is a helper. Everybody say a helper. He's a comforter. Look go down to verse 26, please. Verse 26. Verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. All right? Give me verse 15 again, please. Verse 15. Uh, I'm sorry, verse, verse uh, 17. Verse 17. The spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. So we know he's the comforter, uh -huh. the helper. He's also the spirit of truth. Y'all see that? Then it says down there, go back now to verse 26. The helper of the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will teach you all things. So notice, not only is he a, a helper, not only is he the truth, but he's a teacher. All things. And then he's a reminder. Because it says, and bring to your members all the things that I said to you. My, my wife uh, last year uh, bought me uh, what I consider what the perfect gift. She bought me, in fact, this tablet I have here. This tablet just changed my life. It just, I mean, I was able to become much more efficient at everything I did. I mean, I probably use this tablet every single day of my life. Because I, I can plan, I can, I, can, I can run business, I can run church things, I can, I can do everything on this tablet. When I need reminders, it reminds me of my schedule. When I need information, I can Google something. It'll teach me something. When I need help writing, I can get AI on there. Y'all ain't saying it to me. 
I'm, just, I'm trying to show you the value of this tablet to me because of what it does for me. And for me, where I am and for what I need is the perfect gift. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter. He's one who's, who gives us the truth. He's our teacher, and he's our reminder. Because he's going to benefit us through what he does. Acts 9.31 says this. Acts 9.31 says that the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So notice they had the comfort that, that we were paraclesis. They had the help, the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And notice it says they multiplied. So they were, they had peace. How many of y'all want to have peace? They were edified, built up, made better, made stronger, and multiplied. Hallelujah. Does anybody here already have the Holy Spirit? He, they had peace, edified, and multiplied. Now, there's no gift you can get from Walmart, Dillard's, Neiman Marcus, Amazon, that will get you all this. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord told me to Let's keep going. John 16. John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7 through 15. Hallelujah. Are you there? Yes, sir. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. So notice he's a convictor. He brings conviction. How many of you know that you need conviction? Hallelujah. What is conviction, Pastor? It's like when you're driving your car and you're driving on the road and you got one of these new modern, you know, modern cars. And you're driving on the road and they have these lane assist features on there. And the moment you start weaving or, or wandering out of your lane, either you're going to hear a beep or the, or the seat's going to vibrate or the steering wheel's going to vibrate depending on what car, or what car you drive. You're going to get some indicator saying, hey, you're getting out of the lane. That lane assist is your conviction to get you back into line. And if you and I don't have the gift of conviction, then you and I will be out of line, wandering out of the way, before we go wreck our cars, wreck our lives, because we didn't have any conviction. So I'm going to say thank God for conviction. So not only does he bring conviction, then, then it goes on, keep going, uh, verse, uh, verse, go, go to verse uh, 10. Verse 11, let's keep going, verse 11. Of judgment because of the rule of this word is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will do what? Guys. So not only does he bring conviction, he brings what? God is into all truth. So if there's truth, then there must be error out there. If there's truth, there must be lies out there. And the devil, the Bible says the whole world is under the control of the sweat of the wicked one. And what he's pumping out is lies. So everything out here is lies. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you and guiding you, then you're going to follow the lies and not be guided into truth. I need the Holy Spirit. For he will not speak his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. 
He will glorify me. He will take up what is mine and declare it to you. Not only does he bring conviction, not only does he bring guidance, but he also brings revelation. He says he will take what is mine and declare it. He's going to reveal Jesus Christ to us. He's going to reveal everything that we have in the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it on the screen for us. Colossians 2, verse uh, 3. Uh, says, verse 2 says, uh, the Father and Christ, the Father and Christ, verse 3 says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Christ, there are treasures that are hidden. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. In Christ. Okay, don't look at the faces. All right. In Christ, there are treasures that are hidden. And because they're hidden, they must be revealed. You can't reveal them on your own. They must be revealed to you. So that's what Jesus Christ says, that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what is mine, what's inside of me, the treasures of knowledge and wisdom are inside me, and then reveal them to you. So when you get wisdom, when you get knowledge, it brings treasures. Hallelujah. 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 You want to be wealthy and, and enterprising and prosperous? You need the direction of the Holy Ghost. Treasures of darkness in hidden places. That's Isaiah 45. So the treasures that God has for us, they're hidden. Not from us, but for us. So those of us who receive the Holy Ghost, it's his job to reveal. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So he brings conviction. Yes, sir. He brings guidance. Yes. And he brings revelation. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's truth. He's a teacher. He's a reminder. Well, this is the perfect gift. Perfect gift. What else does he provide? What else is he good for? Why else do we need the Holy Ghost? What makes him the perfect gift? Why is he worth asking for? How important is he to my life? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. says, in him, Jesus... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel or the good news of your salvation, in whom also having what? Believed. You were what? Sealed with who? So after you heard, you believed. Right? Everybody in here, when you come in here in this church, you hear. The next step is to believe. Once you believe, the Bible says you are sealed with, with the Holy Spirit of promise. What does seal mean? I know we teach many times that word seal means to preserve, to can. But there's a, there's a, a more accurate meaning of that word. That word sealed is like when uh, a king makes a decree and puts his seal on it. 
know that this is from me. Right. This is authentic. This is real. So when we have the Holy Spirit of promise, the Bible says he has sealed us. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to start. Thank you. God, that's good. The reason this is good. This is what's so good. I love the Holy Ghost because he's talking to me right now. The reason why we can't say preserved is, he, is Hebrews 6. Watch this. This off my notes, but the Holy Ghost said something, so I got to follow the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 6. Hebrews chapter 6. This is why we can't say preserved. Hebrews 6, verse 4 and 5 and 6. Are you ready for this? For it is impossible for those who are once enlightened, come on, and have tasted, come on, and have become, and have tasted, and the powers of the age to come. Now, these people who they, they have received the Holy Ghost, if they fall away, to renew them again into repentance. So, honestly, that seal can't be you preserved and you can't get out. Because he just said he, in Hebrews 6, if you receive the Holy Ghost and still fall away, you can't be renewed again. Y'all better catch that. It's for all you once saved, always saved people. Hebrews 6 says you can actually partake of the heavenly gift. You can actually partake of the Holy Ghost and still fall away. And if that happens, the Bible says there is no more repentance or renewal for you seeing that you crucified the Son of God afresh. You put him back on the cross with your falling away. Boy, that just rocked somebody's boat. So we know that seal then cannot mean preserved like we've been teaching for you. It means you've been stamped. Authenticated. The Bible says the Lord knows those that are here. And that all those who live in the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Y'all know that scripture, the foundation of God stands sure, having, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, I didn't see that. The, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, that the Lord knows those that are his. That's what the seal is for. It's God saying, my hand is on you, I put my name, I put my stamp on you, I put my seal on you. I know, that's mine. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. So notice here, 
in whom also have believed, you were sealed. So the seal you've received is the Holy Spirit. Spirit of promise. Yes. So not only is he our seal, our stamp of approval, the verse 14 says, who is, the Holy Spirit the is, the guarantee of our inheritance. That word guarantee means, another word we put, the earnest, the King, King James used the word earnest, right? The, the earnest of, of, of the inheritance. Uh, it means down payment. If you're going to buy a home or buy a car, many times they ask you to put a down payment earnest money. Anybody ever done that before? You put down earnest money. Earnest money says, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm going to make good on this deal. I'm going to close this contract. Now, you can still walk out on it. You just lose your money. That's why Hebrews 6 says, you can walk out on God. You just lose your Holy Ghost. as a deposit yeah. on your inheritance. Yeah. So when you walk away, you're going to lose your Holy Ghost and you're going to lose the inheritance. So if you see the inheritance as your dream house and you lose 10000 as your earnest money, the Holy Ghost is your 10000 and the house is the inheritance. So he says if you fall away, you lose your, your deposit, the Holy Ghost, and you lose the dream house. Tell your neighbor, don't walk away, don't walk away. Don't, don't fall away. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Don't go back out in the world. Don't, don't look back. Don't look back. We were singing the song back today. Run. Don't look back. Run. Don't look back. Run over Jesus. I'm not looking back. There's nothing out there I want. Nothing back there I want. I'm not turned on by all their entertainment, all their food. I don't, I don't want any of it. If that's going to make me possibly lose my deposit, lose my inheritance, I'm not going to risk my inheritance for no legs, no thighs, no breasts, no wings, no my full inheritance. The Holy Ghost comes as a deposit. Say, hey, there's more that came from. The Bible says the king of God is not being driven. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you would have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that joy that you have in the Holy Ghost is a preview of what you're going to have when you get the full inheritance. Everlasting joy. Y'all got this. Okay, I gotta move on. I'm, I'm, I'm short on time. I gotta, gotta move on. So, uh, he's my seal and he's my deposit. Let's look at what else the Holy Spirit is to me. Why he's worth asking for. Why he's the perfect gift for somebody today. Somebody today gonna receive the Holy Ghost. I came here today for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody going to get what they need today. Are y'all praying in intercessory? Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. Come on, we're doing some business here. Come on, man of God. Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots.
fruits. Verse 2. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That him is Jesus. And it says the Spirit of the Lord or the Holy Spirit will rest upon him. Now notice how it now uh, expresses who the Holy Spirit is or what he has or what he gives. The Spirit of wisdom. Come on. And understanding. And understanding. So the Jesus had the Holy Spirit. He had wisdom and understanding. If you have the Holy Spirit, guess what you're going to have? Wisdom. Then he said the spirit of counsel and might. Jesus Christ had counsel and might. Guess what you're going to have when you have him? Counsel and might. Might is strength and power. Then he said the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That's what Jesus Christ had. So if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, you will also have knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Huh? The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. And the reason, catch this, why so many believers struggle with sins, addictions, habits, strongholds, is because they have not yet received the Holy Ghost and don't have, in fact, the fear of the Lord. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. So you can't depart from evil without the fear of the Lord on the inside of you. Hallelujah. That's why I understand something my father told, told me or said to our church years ago. I always say this. He talked about when new believers come, he'd say, you have to catch a fish before you clean it. So I never expected unbelievers to act like believers. But I do expect believers to eventually act like believers. Come on this side. I do expect believers to eventually act like believers. In other words, you ought to eventually start living right. Living holy. It's hard to live holy without the Holy Ghost. And what happens is when you get the Holy Ghost, he's going to teach you all things. And he's going to come along now and tell you, hey, don't you do that. Y'all don't like that. There y'all go to do the dogs. I'm not talking about what's stuff in the Bible. There are things the Holy Ghost will tell you individually. Don't you do that. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So even though it might be legal, I don't need you to do that anymore because there's some issues in your bloodline.
John 2.20. I think it says, um, give me that. Let me, let me see if I'm around there. First John 2.20. Yeah. Uh, but you have anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 19, I think, might say, you have no need that anyone should teach you. Verse 19? Yep. Uh, first John, no? 26, that's right, it's 26. It's a few verses later. 26, give me verse 26. These things I've written to you concerning those who have received you. No, it can't be 26. Um, is the next verse? But the anointing which you receive from him abides in you. Now what that, that anointing that abides in you is That's the Holy Spirit. And you do not need anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and, and it's true, and when a lie doesn't get as taught you, you will abide in him. Are y'all hearing this? So there are things that when you get the Holy Ghost inside you, he'll begin to teach you. That pastor may never bring it up. So you can't get before God in the judgment and say, well, pastor never told me that. Did you have the Holy Ghost yourself? Preacher, Pastor never brought that up. Pastor ain't got to bring it up. There's a lot of things Pastor doesn't bring up. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your bedroom. Your living room. In your head. At your job. I don't know the stuff in your bloodline. Hallelujah. Okay, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, so the Holy Ghost then is God's perfect gift. Yes, sir. I believe He's worth asking for. Yes, sir. Said so I believe He's worth asking for. I believe He is important to the believer's life. Yes, sir. I believe He's the perfect gift. Yes. Now we gotta do what? We gotta receive Him. Luke 11, 13, in the Amplified Classic, said something. How many believers do I have in here? You're saved already. All right, if you're an unbeliever, not saved yet, we can get you saved here today. I want to get you saved today. But Luke 11, 13, Luke 11, 13. If you then, even as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, uh, give gifts, gifts that are to the advantage of your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask for Ask him. So notice then, if you have to ask for him, that means he must not be automatic. Does this make sense? He said he'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him. Now, please understand, when you get born again, you getting born again is a work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot come to the Father except the Holy Spirit draws you. So the Holy Spirit is the one who has convicted you of that sin to say, come to me. Come to the Father. He's the one working on somebody sitting right here in the church right now. The Holy Spirit is working your heart and you feel that uneasiness, that little queasy feeling. That's the Holy Spirit saying, it's your day. It's your day. He, he's, he's the one when you were in the club or you were, you were at somebody's house and you were somewhere you shouldn't be and you heard something say, get up out of here. That's the Holy Spirit. You're not saved yet, but he said, hey, you better get out of here. I've got a plan for your life. Get out of here. You're feeling uneasy. That little thing like, you know, I need to go to church today. That's the Holy Spirit. That was not your idea and it was not the devil's idea. It's the Holy Ghost's idea. That he's putting in your mind. Yes, sir. So he's working. He's drawing. 
So when you get born again, there is a, a presence of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going beyond a presence of the Holy Spirit. Because you need something more in your life to get this power here. Matter of fact, uh, I don't have this in the notes here, but in Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus was talking to some believers. His disciples. After the cross. Who he had already in John 20 breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So he obviously meant a different level, a different receiving than they had in John 20. Because these, these guys are already now, after the cross, they're believers. Yes, sir. He says, but there's something more you need. You need a, you need a, a Holy Ghost infilling, a Holy Ghost power, a Holy Ghost uh, cover that's going to bring a power. So you can live as a powerless believer and still go to heaven. The truth is, you don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. But you need him if you're going to stay on earth. Y'all miss it. When the, when, the, when the man on Jesus' right side on the cross, remember two thieves? On the left and on the right. The one on the right said, uh, remember me when you enter into your kingdom? Yes, sir. And Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. That man made it with Jesus without getting the Holy Ghost. Yes, he did. But he died right away. If you're going to live, I said if you're going to live, thank you, Mr. If you're going to live down here, you need some power, and the power comes from the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness here in this point? All right, let's wrap this up here. Acts 2, verse 37 to 39. Acts 2, 37 to 39. Because I want somebody today to receive the gift yeah. of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 37 and 39. Y'all have it? Yep. Yes, sir. It says, now when they heard this, Peter was preaching and talking about what they had done and how they had crucified Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, and all that kind of stuff, and about, about how he was raised again. Because now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. To remove sin. Remission means to remove. And you shall receive, come on, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a gift. As a matter of fact, I can tell you this morning, he's the perfect gift. And he said to receive him, repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, your sins will be removed and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So he wants us to receive someone to come and live on the inside of us. Praise God, I repented. Praise God, I believe. Praise God, I I was baptized. But have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 39. For this prom for the promise is to you. And to your children. The promise is to you. Now he's the promise. Jesus called him the promise of the Father. The promise is to you and to your to your who? Children. So the Holy Spirit can be received by your children? You mean our children can be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Our children don't have to be knuckleheads and children, yes. but also to all who are far, he's referring to the Gentiles. So now he's saying, doesn't matter what nationality, what ethnicity you are, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. As many as the Lord our God will call. Y'all got this here? So I, I, I receive. I, I repent. I get baptized. And I receive. I repent. I get baptized. And I receive. I repent. I get baptized. Isn't it interesting that most Christians in church are taught to stop at that level? I repent and I get baptized. I repent and I get baptized. We're going to give you a church t-shirt. We're going to take pictures and dunk you in the water. And you're like, poop, great, I made it. I'm good. No, you're not good yet unless you're about to leave. Now, if you're about to leave and go to heaven, you're good. But if you're going to stay down here, you're going to need some power in your life. So repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now remember, it's to you and to your children and to all who are far off. Go to Acts 10. Acts 10. Glory to God. I'm almost done here. I got a minute 58. Acts 10. Verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, now Peter is at the house of a man named Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile. He's one who is afar off. He's a Gentile. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. But he's been fasting. He's been praying. He's a, he's a Gentile believer. So he believes in God. He believes in serving God. He's been fasting, praying, giving alms. He's doing all these good works. But God said, you need more than that, Cornelius. Cornelius, you're a good man. You do a lot of good works. Cornelius, I appreciate all you do for my temple. But Cornelius, that ain't going to get you by in life. You need some power. So God spoke to Peter while Peter was down in Joppa. You go back and read Acts 10. God spoke to Peter while Peter was down there at, at Simon's house. He said, I want you to go down to Cornelius' house. Cornelius had a, had a vision of an angel coming in telling him somebody coming to talk to you. So they worked all this stuff out together. Y'all got this here? So now, now Peter is in Cornelius' house. Are y'all okay? Come on, All right, don't look at their faces. While Peter was still speaking these words, so he's preaching the gospel. While he is still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So notice when you hear the word, you put yourself in position to receive the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say hallelujah? Now watch. How do we know that he fell upon them? How do we know they received? And those of the circumcision, the Jews who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the Gentiles. This happened. How did the Holy Ghost come on them? How do they know he 
king. Verse 46. Verse 46. Verse 46. Verse 46. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues. So what because they shook? What because they were going to live a better life? They said, oh, this is hallelujah, praise the Lord. They heard them speak with tongues. It's the exact same thing that happened in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place and sitting in the, in, the, in the house. And there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And the Holy Ghost fell upon each, each one of them. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. Yes, sir. And they all began to speak other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So we know that the primary indication, don't get quiet, that you have received the Holy Ghost
Thank you that we just believe on him who will cover him that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got baptized again now in Jesus' name because Jesus Christ has been buried. He's raised, uh, risen again. He's on the Father's right hand. Now we have a new dispensation. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. How do we know, Laquanda? And they spoke with tongues. So I can go through scripture after scripture after scripture and show you every indication that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, something's going to come out of your mouth to indicate I'm here. He's going to let you and the world know I'm here. And he says, the way we know is they spoke with tongues and prophesied. People get all bent out of shape. Well, we gonna, we'll prophesy, but we don't do No, no, they spoke with tongues. No, he said, you're going to have new tongues. And so, I mean, I talk, I talk better. I don't cuss no more. Wonderful. But I know folk, heathens, who never cuss in their lives, but don't have the Holy Ghost. This Christmas, God has offered a perfect gift to every believer. He's offered a perfect gift to every believer who would value his constant presence in their lives. And my question today, all of you here, who here would gladly welcome divine help, divine comfort, divine teacher, a divine reminder? Who would welcome divine conviction? Who here today would welcome divine guidance? Who here would welcome divine revelation? I'm inviting you right now to come today and receive the perfect gift. The perfect gift this Christmas is the Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost. I don't mean just for you to feel better and well, I'm doing better than I did last year. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. If that's you, I want you to come. Hallelujah. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. These intercessors are going to pray for you, and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost today. Thank you. With the evidence of speaking of the tongue. That's what I've come here specifically for today. Hallelujah. Now we're going to pray together. Don't, don't pray yet. Don't pray yet. I, I want everybody to come. Oh, who else going to come? They're ready to receive. We're gonna, they're going to receive. They're going to receive. Wherever you are, he's a gift. He's your gift. There's nothing under your tree, around your tree, in a bag, hanging on your mantle that, that will be more valuable than this gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Please, I'm begging you, those of you who've been in this church all your lives, you're a nice person. 
you're not as bad off as your cousin and your people at your school or your job and you think, well, that's good, I'm good. No, that's not good. If you're going to keep living here, you need the Holy Ghost. And the way you know he comes in is you speak with tongues. You speak with tongues. You're going to first believe. If you're not saved, I want you to come and say, I want to be saved first. I want to get saved. I want to get saved. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I want, I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior. Y'all go ahead and play something. Play softly. This is our time. This is somebody's big time right now. Somebody's about to receive the perfect gift today. Now, those who are sitting here and you already have the Holy Ghost, you ought to be excited because you're about yeah, to, somebody's about to get the same gift you have. And you're about to be excited as you were when you got that gift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you how, how, how God has arranged this. I had totally planned on preaching about your potential today. I had a whole message I was ready to lay out about potential. I've been studying Matthew 25 and all these things about potential. And when I got into my word yesterday, the Lord took me straight to Luke 11 to this text. That means God wants somebody today to receive this, to be filled, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you something. He's what you've been missing your whole life. He's the missing piece. The peace you really want, P-A-C-E, the peace you really want, the joy you really want, the love and the closeness, the intimacy you really want to feel, it's in him. You're about to receive it all today. The power you have to whip every demon that's been lurking, coming even against your mind, about to whip it today. Because when you, when you receive this gift, you're going to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Is that it? We're about to pray. We're about to pray. We're about to pray. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm with you. I, I'm with you. You know what? Because the Bible says in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Means, means keep on being filled. In other words, if you got filled 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 3 days ago, and you're not, you're not praying in tongues all the time, and you're not, you're not standing up far all the time, you, you might want to go get filled again. Now, you've already been filled once, you've already been baptized, but I can't drive my car 10 years on one tank of gas. I can't drive my car 10 years on one tank. I can't go 10 days on one tank. No, you know what I do? I go back to the station and get a refill. So some of you, is going to be your first time. Some of you, is going to be a refill. No matter what you're receiving, you, you receive today. You're filling all your refill. You're filling all your refill. Hallelujah. Shut up, hold up, my sheep, my child, my 
Je te donne you know, a couple weeks ago when I was feeling that weakness, that, that emptiness, Holy Spirit took me right back to that. Hey, 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 you pray in tongues more. The Bible says you build yourself up praying in the Spirit. Fill yourself up, pray in the spirit. If you're feeling weak and feeling empty on the inside, I gotta build myself up. Praying in the spirit. Since then, the Lord's been, He's been kind of getting me up earlier. I was used to getting about six, six o'clock, six thirty, seven o'clock, but now I'm like five o'clock, three o'clock. He's been getting up. Build yourself up. You can't be down like that anymore. You can't afford to be down. You can't, you can't lead and be down. You can't lead and be empty. You can't, you can't parent and be empty. You can't be a good husband or wife and be empty. You can't be an employer and employee and be empty. You can't, you can't. You can't be a good student and be empty. You can't, you know, no, man. Listen to Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Those that are here to receive him for the first time, I want you to lift those hands. Lift those hands right now. Lift those hands if you're here to receive him for the first time. Lift your hands high. I want to see you. I want to see you. All right, so I know. Okay, I see you. Several hands. Several hands. Now, some of you are saying, but Pastor, I asked before. Remember we read, ask, keep on asking? Ask, keep on asking. Ask, keep on asking. Not because God's not hearing you, but it's to, to get you to the place where it's really, really serious, where I gotta have it. I, I, I gotta have that feeling. I gotta have him. If I don't have him, I need him more than I need oxygen. I need him more than I need sleep. More than I need food, I need him. So I keep asking as a matter of my pursuit. He's not withholding the Holy Spirit. He's letting us press past every, every physical or mental thing. When I first got born again in 1989, I prayed and asked God, all right, God, I want to baptize the Holy Ghost, and I pursue, I pursue, I pursue, I pursue. I pursued Elder Baker for it was a few years. I pursued, pursued. I, I traveled to Holy Ghost conferences and meetings because I want this, I want this experience. But I pursued, I pursued, I pursued. And I've told you in my testimony that it, it was one day I was at home at the church on a Sunday. I've been in praise and worship at church and, and it was so high. All my friends were going out to eat like you know they did. We were going to go out to eat on a Sunday. And there was something in me that said, no, I don't want to go. I just want to... I just wanted to stay in God's presence. And I went home by myself and I laid on my sofa and just laid there and just began to praise God and praise God and praise God. Just praise God. And I fell asleep, Elder, Elder Jeff. Praising God. But when I woke up, I woke up speaking in tongues. So when I got into his presence, because I had such a strong pursuit. 
wasn't that he was hidden or running from me. It was that he, he got me at a point where my brain didn't get in the way. And what keeps most people from receiving is your brain gets in the way. You're trying to, you're trying to figure this out. You're trying to figure out this tongues thing. You're trying to figure it out. You can't figure it out. You just let it out. You got me to a place where I just let it out. I didn't resist. I was just in his presence. So Luke 11, 13 says this. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, those of you who are asking right now, everybody's born again, I'll make sure you're born again first. Because if you're not born again, i got to handle that first. Anybody here not born again yet, I'm going to get you born again. I'm going to be honest, because he, he's not going to come on you you're not born again. It's just it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If you're born again, everybody's born again. Sure, you're born again. Okay. So now you have a right to ask him. And this is Father the Son. The son asks his father. So when you're his child, now you can ask him. All right, Father, give me the Holy Ghost. Give me the Holy Ghost. You ask him. Now I want you to, again, if you're up for the first time to get filled, I want you to lift those hands right now. Real quick. Lift those hands real high. In, 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 in a receiving position. This is the receiving. If somebody says, I'm about to hand you something, you put your hands out. And he says, if you ask me, I'm going to give it to you. Now, Father, today I speak over this group of people, individuals, believers, who are coming to you for the first time saying, I believe, I've heard, and I believe that there is a Holy Ghost and that I need him and that he's the best gift I can receive ever in my life. So Father, now we obey your word. Your word says that if we ask you for the Holy Ghost, you will give us the Holy Ghost. And so Father, right now, we ask you for the Holy Ghost to give us the Holy Ghost. And we receive the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus now those you are here I want you to release your faith right now and just say I receive Lord I receive the Holy Ghost you're asking now just receive Lord I receive the Holy Ghost I receive the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost I receive you Holy Ghost I receive you Holy Ghost I receive you I receive you I receive you I receive you. Now when you receive, what you then do when somebody gives you a gift is you begin to say thank you. So now what you're going to do is just say, start saying thank you and praising the Lord. Thank you and praise the Lord. And then what's going to happen is you're going to sense something on the inside in your belly in your abdomen region, maybe a funny little feeling, or you're going to start hearing funny sounds on the inside. I'm telling you what's happening right now. You're going to feel, hear funny, funny little sounds. As you're thanking God, whatever comes up, let it come out. Whatever comes up, let it come out.
because he's filling you with the Holy Ghost and he's giving you evidence of speaking other tongues. Now, my intercessors, I want you, those who are, for the first of all, I want you to lay hands on them and I want you to minister, minister to them. Minister to them. Help them out. Help them out. Help them out. Come on, whoever you are. I want to know who's for the first time because we're going to pray. Make sure you can pray for them. Hallelujah. 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 Receive the Holy Ghost. 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 And give him thanks right now. Come on, give him thanks right now. Give him thanks right now. Come on, give him thanks right now.